Welcome back to the Sexy Time Podcast. You're here with me, Belle. And me, Ava. Today, we have a really exciting guest. Um, we have Dr. Quincy Raya. Dr. Raya is a preventive medicine physician with over 10 years of clinical experience. Her expertise is in patient wellness, integrative and nutritional health, and men's and women's health. She's trained in anti-aging medicine, preventive medicine, andrology and men's health, nutritional medicine, and environmental medicine. Also, she graduated from the Leadership in Medicine program of Harvard Medical School in September of 2021. Basically, she does everything. She's an expert in in men's and women's preventive health. That's correct. Doc Quincy, we have we're going into this blindly. We have no idea what, you know, men's preventive sexual health means. Could you shed some light to our listeners? on what it is that you specialize in exactly. Okay, so thanks for having me. And let me give you a quick and easy understanding of preventive medicine first. So preventive medicine is a branch of medicine where us patients work with doctors so that we look at prevention of disease, looking at your lifestyle so that you can prevent disease or progression of disease. But because we're focused on sexual health, okay, good sex actually means good health. If you're having good or better, great sex, more often than not, you are healthy in mind and body. So that's where preventive medicine is very important in sexual health to have a great sexy time. So it just, it, it kind of like prepares your body to be at its optimum state, right? That makes exactly. so much sense, really. Because like, you can be physically there, but also mentally, right? If you're not mentally there, then it changes everything. That's really cool. Okay. Okay. So, and then, and then when it comes to men's, like getting them at their optimal state, because maybe some of our listeners think that, oh, I'm single, I don't have a partner, so this isn't relevant to me. I think it applies with your dad, your uncle, your cousin, your brother, right? Yeah. Does yeah. it also overlap with women's health? Is that, yeah. There is a very huge overlap with men's health and women's health. But first, let's look at what is a patient's understanding of men's sexual health or may it be women's sexual health, right? Are you looking at your sexual okay. health as a sprint or a marathon, right? Of course, if you ask your doctor, I would say it's like preparing for a marathon. You enter into a sexual experience and are you mentally and physically ready? You know, when you talk about runners, they're preparing for a 5K run or a 42-kilometer marathon. For me, you start with getting ready for a five-kilometer marathon. Of course, you have to prepare your mind and body. Are you mentally ready to be sexually aroused? And that's where, of course, we say that it should be a balance. Do you have any stressors, anxieties, or do you have a performance, this performance anxiety with a particular partner, right? Uh and of course, you look at your relationship. Do you have marital problems? And do you have depression? And all of these work well into getting to be mentally prepared 
to have a great sexual experience. Then you look at your body, right? Are you healthy enough? Are you um, taking a lot of alcohol or, you know, using drugs? Yeah. Then that doesn't get you physically ready, does it? Right? And yeah. as we grow older in preventive medicine, you look at the major uh, health issues like hypertension, diabetes, high cholesterol, because those are not major diseases yet. But then, you know, we look at our fathers, our brothers. Do we want them to have, um, you know, very serious but heart attack or stroke? If you are not healthy and you have those factors, then it's quite difficult to be able to perform sexually, right? So that's where preventive yeah. medicine yeah. comes in. We make men. Okay. And women healthy so that they're mentally and physically prepared for a great, amazing, orgasmic sexual experience. Life. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Of course, it's true what you're saying that physically you have to be healthy and also mentally in order for you to have a kind of um, thriving sex life. And sometimes we don't connect the two. Like... I think some people could use sex as an escape, but then, you know, mentally they could be checked out or mentally, like you said, they could be going through something very heavy. Um, yeah. And that is, there's a disconnect in whether you're, you know, in your sex life. So why is it important to raise sexual health awareness? Well, it's very important because, of course, for us to be aware of what, problems we might have, we should know what we should look for in terms of knowing what sexual issues we might experience. Because sometimes we're in denial. Ah, there's no problem. Yeah. Okay. So if we raise this sexual awareness, then we can create a very good um, body of knowledge for patients to be able to determine, I do have a sexual problem and or my partner has a sexual problem. And with that, you create great relationships. And some patients yeah. come to me and they're like, oh, we have difficulty um, conceiving. So they feel like they have infertility issues or they have infertility. But right actually, away. yes, they just jump there. But you're like, okay, let's start from the beginning, right? Um, yeah. How yeah. are you mentally when you enter into the bedroom? Are you physically ready? Uh, are you mentally ready? So then if you are aware of the problems to look at, then it will be easier for you to seek help. I think uh, earlier it was asked, how is women's health? Um, how does it overlap with men's health? Of course, if you're not masturbating, if you actually have a partner, right, it's usually your partner that can see that there is a problem. And women are more accepting oh. of issues than men ever will. <laughs> is that true? I feel like I, I can tot I can understand. Like we have we had a couple of um, guests come in and say like when it comes to guys facing their problems a lot more are in denial or kind of don't want to confront it um maybe it's a male ego thing i'm not sure but yeah. i can understand I think it's also because women are a little bit more um yeah the ego and also in touch with I they guess, like to emotions. look 
I or they like to look inward. Yeah. Yeah, they like to look inward a lot. But I wanted to ask you, Doc Quincy. Um, you mentioned some people are in denial about about their sex health problems, right? How does a person who maybe doesn't know that they're in denial like figure out that there's something wrong with them? Like for someone who can just be going about their day, they're they don't realize that there's something wrong. How can we as how can we advise them to stop and look inwards? What can they look for? Okay. So or, for example, yeah. okay. if we focus in men, okay, I'll go into yeah. the sexual response cycle. Ask yourself the question, am I easily excited or aroused? Because if I don't feel anything in terms of arousal, if I see stimulation, everyone has different stimulations, mm-hmm. right? Yours can be, uh, men are more visual than women. But if someone touches you, are you easily aroused or not? Because if you're not, then there might be a problem, right? Uh, in okay. men, if you are masturbating, do you get uh, an erection? Do you have a prolonged erection? And if you do, then great. But if you can't, then there's a problem. And okay. if you... Masturbate, do you get an orgasm? And if you don't, perhaps there's a problem. And even if you have an erection and have an orgasm, does your erection go down? Because if it doesn't, it's also a problem. Right? So awareness is key. Okay. Sure. Question, um, Doc Quincy. What are the common sexual problems? Let's let's list a few so that our listeners um, can get an idea if we if they could potentially Relate. be experiencing it. Yeah. So uh, the common sexual dysfunctions would be lack of sex drive or low libido. Okay, that's okay. you just don't get excited and feel that sexual excitement. Then you have the problem of, in women, poor lubrication. And poor lubrication, yes, poor lubrication can cause what you call dyspareunia or pain during sex. And there's a name for that? Oh, yes. It's called dyspareunia, pain during sex. It's more common in in women. Rarely do men ever get pain when they pain, perform for sure they <laughs> yeah. don't so in yes. men in that phase uh, they have erectile dysfunction so after okay. erectile dysfunction or pain during sex and there's a specific a uh, condition that i think i heard in a previous podcast vaginismus it's a type of dyspareunia where the vaginal muscles oh. contract not allowing the penis to enter into the vaginal canal. So after which... Why does one experience vaginismus? Sorry. It is usually caused by um, stress, anxiety, a past sexual trauma, and some feel like they are not worthy of this partner, and some have very poor body image. So usually it's a psychological issue. Secondarily, it can be physical. Yes. So what I am getting from you, Doc Quincy, is that there are different types of sexual health problems. 
men and yeah. women don't necessarily have the same one. Like men experience more of a lack of sex drive as they get older, where they don't feel the excitement as much. It's pretty How about women? Don't women feel the same way? I actually have a couple of friends who have that who, who have written who have written to me to ask me about that. Like they've been in a relationship for some time now. And um it's not that they're not attracted to their partner, but the sex drive isn't where it used to be. And I feel like a lot of them question if that's normal or not. It is normal. For men, for example, from age 40, every year they lose about one to three percent of their sex hormones, specifically testosterone. So for example, a 50-year-old male might lose 10 to 30% of their sex hormones. So that's one cause. Of course, there's always okay. the physical aging part of it. As we age, we don't have very good muscle function, especially if you don't have if you don't exercise. So it's very multifactorial, but definitely with age. Losing your sexual hormones, which would be in men, testosterone, and in women, mm -hmm. estrogen and progesterone. That's one of the factors that causes low libido in both men and women when aging. So that's why when I see patients who are married or it's a couple, they usually would come on a couple sexual hormone therapy, right? Wow. Because they do experience couple. it together. Uh, so what is a couple sexual hormone, hormone therapy? Okay. What like so, how, how does a session look like? Let's say I'm a I I, I come with a partner. Hi, Doc uh, Quincy. How can you please help us because we are not, you know, having sex and we need to work on that relationship. <laughs> is it is that usually what they say? I don't. I really don't know. Usually, it's the women who comes who come first and say, "Oh, I'm worried." that uh, I'm not performing well because I have low sex drive. And when my partner asks to have sex, I can't get my vagina wet or yeah, I okay. just don't feel like doing it. And even if we use lubrication, I can't have an orgasm and I'm not enjoying okay. the whole sexual experience. It's usually the women who come in first and when we talk to them, we do a very extensive um, medical history, your past medical history, your psych Like history. what are the questions you ask for medical history? Well, our, the, our questions would be, of course, first your age. Uh, did you have surgery? Because some surgeries can cause sexual dysfunction, like hysterectomy, Ooh, okay. you know. Um, in men, yeah. if you had your prostate taken out, oh, really? that can okay. cause sexual dysfunction. Uh, that's very medical. Then, of course, we really have to get into their brains. What are your stressors? Uh, do you have any anxiety, any performance anxiety? Do you have body image issues? You know, as we yeah. grow old, that can also develop. Uh, there is body yeah. image issues in teens and young men and women, but it can also yeah. happen to women, especially when yeah. we age you know i was very um slim my boobs were very perky and then when we yes. hit pre-menopause or menopause i feel like my body is sagging that can cause you can relate to that i just gave birth and i'm well. like my body's so different already <laughs> but i can imagine that's that preoccupies your brain right yes yeah i think it's 
we don't necessarily make the connection right away with mentally how we feel about ourselves versus our you know sexual health but mm-hmm. exactly like what you pointed out Doc Quincy when you have body image issues then you don't and you don't feel good about yourself you're less likely to feel attractive and to initiate sex and to make an effort and to be in a situation where you feel vulnerable and you know being naked is is a very vulnerable state where you're just yeah. showing the whole of you right and we especially in our culture have this mentality of hiding and 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 shame with our bodies yeah in the states in in europe people are so much more embracing towards different types of bodies whether you have hair whether you're you know yeah. a different size you're this you're that whereas here in the philippines we have a obviously oh, like a, a standard of beauty oh, I, and I, I experience this myself that's why every day i have to do my affirmations because otherwise i need to tell myself na parang, yeah. oh, I, don't, my, I think my arms are too big my, my have a puson lalo na in women when they feel like they have a puson they don't feel attractive so i yeah. think for our listeners out there if there are a few men listening it's really important to connect with your partner and make them feel desired because that also plays into a role of your sexual relationship you know even if the girl feels like she's oh i i have a puson my arms are big ganito as a man i think you should you know, be the one to say, you look beautiful, you look great. Para, they feel safe around you. I was right, yeah. I have a question. What about for the women who feel that way? Like, what are steps that they can take to actively overcome that? Rather than just relying on their guys to just kind of compliment them or make them feel better. I feel like they should be able to take matters into their own hands. What are things that you would advise Dr. Quincy? Well, I, I agree that men should play a role to affirm women's uh, positive uh, views of themselves. So with women, when they do come and see us and we see that they do have this body image issues, first we have to ask them, how is, your, how is uh, the situation at home? How about your relationship with your mother, with your sisters, if you do have them? And how, what's your relationship with your friends? Because of course, we don't want to just jump and say, Oh, you have to see a psychologist or you have to see a psychiatrist. That those yeah. specializations being different. So you have to understand where they're coming from. And as, uh, as their, um, medical doctor, we provide them encouragements that you have to be active with your community and the women in your community because that's who you talk yeah. to, right? You talk about yes. makeup and exercise and clothes. Yes. If you so develop like a support group. Exactly. So health okay. is not just about mind and body. It's about your environment as well. And sad to say, if you have an abusive partner, that doesn't help, does it? Yeah. So sure. no, we no. can't eliminate the partner right? Yeah. But we can just empower them to be aware that you have to have good people around you. And if she can change that, then great, right? And I think that also ties up with health in general, like the psychological feeling of um, how you feel about yourself. You know, I have body dysmorphia and a big role that played into my overall health was my body image. And so I can super relate when you, when you say that, that how you feel about yourself and your body plays a role. Yeah. 
I was just reading one of um, our listeners sent in an email and we get this a lot actually. And it's about orgasming. And I, I know you mentioned like, if you can't orgasm, that may be a problem. Is that, I want to ask, can everyone orgasm? Is that a thing? Everyone can, or is it just about unlocking how to do it? Some people cannot orgasm and they do accept Okay. So that's so normal. It is normal. I wouldn't say the word normal because normal is difficult to define for everyone. We okay. all have a different normals, right? What's normal for okay. one person is not normal for the other. But it is a sexual mm-hmm. dysfunction, we could call it, an orgasmia. And some people uh, would try to fix it. And some, if they accept that it's their normal, that they don't orgasm, then it's fine. So how okay. do you define your normal? So I do have patients who have accepted that I don't orgasm. It's like, you know what I call it? It's like when you have, when you go through the sexual process, you go from one to 10. Let's say 10 being your orgasm, right? They're just at nine, 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 nine. And they just don't get that explosive burst. And they're happy with it. If they're not happy with it, then we help them through the process. Right. So what would you want? Doc Quincy, we actually have a lot of uh, people who listen to us and sent us DMs. Like, I really enjoy listening to your podcast. My only question is, I've never had an orgasm during intercourse. Is there something wrong with me? Like you said, there are people who've never experienced that. What is one step we can give this listener to something concrete for her to reach that orgasm? Because... I'm sure gusto rin niya to experience, diba? Parang for her, experience naman. Um, but siguro her, it's not also her partner's fault because it's something that maybe she should, I don't know. I don't know how to answer the question. Uh-huh. So there's okay. nothing wrong with you if you haven't had an orgasm during intercourse. But Doc Quincy, please help her get to that orgasm. <laughs> okay. So if you want to get to that orgasm, I would have to go with first, have you exhausted all your options, right? You've uh, you've used um, uh, mind and body techniques. I'm not an expert on that. And then you have to make sure that your breathing is correct. So some people, but this is men, some men, I'll talk about men first, they feel like they're going, they're breathing like they're, hi- like they're hyperventilating. That's not going to help. So for you to okay. get to that orgasm, you have to clear your mind. Sometimes, you have to close your eyes and just focus on your vagina and your clitoris. Because if you're over-stimulated and you're hyperventilating, it's going to be quite difficult to get it. I mean, speaking from my patient's experiences, right? I'm like, why did you not orgasm? And there's always an answer. You're looking elsewhere. Uh, you're not mm. focusing on your core area where you're expected to focus on so that you can orgasm. So I would recommend you close your eyes. Porn is not the 100% solution. You close your eyes and you just focus on that area, your clitoris, your vagina, and breathe. Long, long inhales, soft exhales. And that's, that would be one of the first um, few techniques so that you can get to that orgasm. If you try it once, twice, three times, and it doesn't work, I would be 
glad to refer you to sexual therapists or you could come and see me. Secondly, beyond that, there might be some medications we can prescribe to really relax What about vibrators? I have nothing against vibrators. I would say go for it. But I do have a patient who cannot uh, orgasm from a vibrator because she feels it's just too intense and it desensitizes her vagina. So some women, they don't get a very good orgasm with vibration because it's just too full on. We're very different. Not all women, we're not the same. Some want the light touches, right? And slow, even 45 minutes to get to an orgasm. Duwag mong madaliin, in short. I believe it's it's a marathon. There's a time for a sprint, which is a quickie. But if you've already perfected your orgasm, then great, right? So for me, it's a marathon with women. Uh, Men, on an average, can ejaculate in five minutes. Women would be yeah. 25 to 45 minutes to even an hour. So the pacing is very different, right? So for the men yeah. who are listening out there, you have to be in tune with your women. Woman, yeah. singular. Yeah. With your women. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so if you guys want to listen to the part two of that episode just subscribe and like or wait for us to drop the part two of dr quincy raya it was so insightful and she had so much value to add to our lives you know even if you're not experiencing any of these things right now you might get there you might know somebody in your family in your group of friends we'd love for you to share this with your inner circle and and send us questions we tend to answer questions all the time, especially with our sex experts and our key opinion leaders. 